Okay, G Moody right here. Follow me with this right quick. You are a barista working in a Starbucks. And a couple of cops come in. You know, they enjoying their coffee. They pay for their coffee. They sitting down laughing, joking. These are police officers. And a customer motions to you, the barista, to come here. So you go to the customer and the customer says, you see those cops over there, man? Yo, I feel uncomfortable that they are here. Now, what would you do as a barista? Would you throw the fucking cops out? Would you go over to the cops and say, listen, man, this customer over here is really not feeling y'all motherfuckers being in this Starbucks, and I'm going to ask you to get the fuck up out of this Starbucks. Would you tell the cops that, or would you, as the barista, tell the customer, look here, man, um, these cops are enjoying their coffee. They bought their coffee. They're sitting down. They're not causing any trouble. So... I can't ask them to leave just like I couldn't ask you to leave. So I understand your gripe, but everybody can enjoy their coffee as they choose in Starbucks. We don't ask motherfuckers to leave unless they are causing a disturbance. Boom. End of the discussion. But Starbucks does it the opposite. They threw the fucking cops out of a Starbucks in Tempe, Arizona, because a customer felt uncomfortable with the police officer's presence. This is how you know this company will be finished. Now, Starbucks execs have went down to Tempe, Arizona to apologize to the Tempe, Arizona Police Department. This was a simple solution. All you had to do was check that customer, so to speak, let him know like yo we can't throw motherfuckers out just because you say it it has to be a disturbance but in their world they go after the police officers yeah man i gotta talk about this cat uh bill de blasio he's now the mayor of new york city he's running for the presidency, and I got some uh, good words for this motherfucker. Check it out. When you know you're not gonna win the presidency, you gotta pull out all the fucking stops. And in order to really play racial identity politics, you gotta have a black flunky. And in this case, it's his family. It's the black wife. Remember, these motherfuckers use the fact that they're married or they're with a black person as some type of accessory. This is what this guy has been doing. The papers call this shit out too. I read some articles, they say, yo, this guy is misplaying his son, Dante de Blasio. Now, anybody from New York remembers when this cat was running for the mayor of New York City, this dude had a campaign that featured his son, Dante, with that big afro. Blackness becomes accessorized. Look, I'm married to them. Look, I gotta be a good guy. Look at my wife, she's black. So they use that to try and gain some advantage. But then we gotta ask ourselves, well, what are we, black people, in these motherfuckers' lives? If they think of you like that, where I could use the fact that you're black to make these people like me. This is what he's doing, and it's being misplayed again. This motherfucker said in a debate, what sets me apart from my uh, candidates over here is 
I've been raising a black son in America. As if this cat Dante is in the project hallway, as if he's in these circles where it's dangerous. This motherfucker just graduated from Harvard. So what circles is this kid in? He's in the upper echelon of society. His father is the mayor of New York City. He's not in no projects. He's not in the street where you would have to worry about that like some parents who are living in these communities that are racked with crime. This guy acts as though he's raising a son in these environments. This is to use the blackness of his son, of his wife, to say, look, look who I'm married to. I'm married to them. Look, look at my son. Remember, like I said, when you play racial identity politics, you need a black flunky even if it's your family. Ah, uh, yes, the tour continues, man. Here we are in South Carolina on Eddie Stowe Beach, Eddie Stowe Island, South Carolina. It's a beautiful place, so if you're ever in South Carolina, make sure you get down to check out this beach. My family's been embedded in this community since the late 1800s, so when we come back down here, this is home. BK, Brooklyn is home. South Carolina is home. Hollywood, South Carolina is home. Eddie Stowe Island, South Carolina is home. And since you're listening to a five-star podcast, the Pyramid of Podcasting, make sure you spread it around and make sure you rate and review it. If you want to do that, go to Apple Podcasts to do that. And if you feel like supporting such a dope-ass podcast, New York-style podcasting, it's done wherever. Hence, the microphone is handy done in a conversational way that's unique to any other podcast you should support it and you should go to anchor.fm slash g dash moody to support a pyramid of podcasting this time the third with g moody and the rest of these motherfuckers is on some stonehenge bullshit we live and direct all the time bringing you the great content so you can be content and the content is contagious this time the third with g moody peace Okay, this is Andy Third with G. Moody here live in Beaufort, South Carolina with my man who I grew up with in Brooklyn, who now lives in Beaufort. We are having a fish fry, so this is the Moonshine Podcast, yo. I'm with one of my closest friends of all time. Homeboy taught me how to play basketball, basically. June, introduce yourself, man. This is Junior, a.k.a. Al Williams. Hanging out with my man Joe. He's down here visiting me down here in beautiful South Carolina. He said he wanted to do this podcast, and so let's get it popping it while they're frying this fish and eating crabs and, and, and just enjoying life. How could you not be a LeBron James fan? You on this podcast, motherfucker, you got to explain it. Oh, I got no problem explaining it. Let's break it down. Break it down, Okay, Joe. now, I respect him as an athlete. I respect him as a humanitarian. He's a crybaby in the NBA with incredible stature. That's what he is. Why do you call him a cryberry? I just told you. Why? Because he always want to run it on, but I need this, I need that, I need this, I need that. And that's why not only me, the legends said the same thing. June, if you nice, 
right. and you got that cachet, the owner's going to acquiesce to what you want. It doesn't matter. It Yo, does I matter. got the nicest dude in the league. It does he matter. He needs motherfuckers around him. It does matter. He started this foolishness. Now, if I'm an owner, when I last check, I cut your check. Right. You don't. You don't cut my check. Right. You don't sit there and tell me what I need to do. You not gonna come tell me what I need to do. Cause guess what? You see Patrick Ewing did it, gone. You see what Porzingis did, gone. Who putting the uh the fans in the seats? The owner or me? You are. But you still ain't gonna tell me what to do with my money. Therefore I leave. Bye. And therefore you're in the toilet. No. Cleveland in the toilet. Cleveland's gonna be in the toilet. They wanted chip and then they went in the toilet. Because one guy left. That's right. That's how nice he is. That, when he left Miami, Miami ain't going to the toilet. They ain't make the playoffs, they, right? Shit, you're talking about right, so you're guessing. <laughs> Check your history. You always talking about right? Wait, did, they, did they win a chip? No, they didn't win a chip. When LeBron came, what happened? You, is LA they won three. Win a chip? Yeah. When? This year. I got Golden State still being in the playoffs. Uh, you don't okay. think they're going to make the, the playoffs? Oh, the playoffs? I'm talking about the chip. Put your name I, I out would, there. I would put my hand on the Clippers before I put my hands on the Lakers. They got a better supporting cast. They got a deeper bench, great staff, management. I'm rolling with the Clippers. There you heard it. My man Al from Brownsville, Brooklyn, said the Clippers are going to win the championship. You out there on that limb, right? I ain't on a limb. I'm on a yeah, tree. Yeah, you on a limb. I'm on a tree. I ain't on a limb. I'm on a tree. Moonshine talk right now. <laughs> this is third with G. Moody. Live in Beaufort, South Carolina on some moonshine talk. Intelligent, individual with intellect. Intellect, you pick up the microphone and rest. You, you. And your homeboys too, your gang proxy group, all the whole damn crew. I'll do it casual. This is Danny Thurwood G. Moody here live in Hollywood, South Carolina. I'm at my family's compound. I see my Aunt Blanche right there. We are here in the great South Carolina. My cousin, Tasha, is right here. And we decided to turn these mics on. This is the tour. Alabama, Atlanta, D.C., Charlotte. And now we are in the great state of South Carolina. So we decided to talk with Tasha. What are we going to talk about? What I'm at your about? crib. You set it off. I like living in South Carolina, preferably Hollywood, because you know everybody. It's a nice small rural area, and you own your own shit. Your like, land and your house. Yeah, you your own your own land. You can walk out, your dog just roaming around. You got neighbors, nice neighbors. And it's just yours, you know? Right. People are nice. One thing I, I know is for sure, people are friendly. Like, whenever I came down here, people always said, what's up to me? And coming from where we come from, we take that as, why is this guy saying what's up to me? <laughs> really? Yeah, that's how New York people view that. So when you say hi, I'm like, this nigga know me? <laughs> <laughs> no. Immediately. But then you realize like yo people are nice other places very nice like this is friendly very you don't have to be on guard but it takes a while for you to get used to it. <laughs> well that's just like when i came to new york i'm smiling at people people ain't smiling back i'm like oh okay. yeah because they don't trust you <laughs> why are you smiling <laughs> really <laughs> that's how we look at the world too bad i gotta work tomorrow unless we would have went crabbing tomorrow yeah. Explain that whole process. <laughs> Can't crab in high tide because you don't know where you're standing. You don't know where right. the bottom is. So you have to wait. But the best time to go is when tide is actually moving out because they're going out to feed. You have to bait your line 
And what is that? I tie my chicken to the end of the crabbing string and wrap it around the stick. So that's your line. So when you throw your line, you just dig your stick in the mud and just let it sit there and soak. They're going to smell it. And it's better to use a chicken that's actually not good because they like the stink. Oh, a rotten chicken. Like, yeah, like, oh. mm-hmm. They like the smell. Right. So when you see it tugging and you pull slow and you, and you scoop them you up. Scoop them up. Easy. Yeah, All yeah. Right. Wow. A report published Wednesday revealed that the bike-sharing network neglects many of New York's low-income neighborhoods and communities of color while giving priority to the most well-to-do parts of the city. Now, this is about them city bikes that you see all over the city. They say they've been neglecting, you know, communities of color. Now, they know good and damn well when they put those bike things there, they know that isn't for the community because if it was really about everyone sharing bikes, these things would have been in those neighborhoods a long time ago. They only started coming when the gentrification wave was happening. That is basically a marker telling you your neighborhood is changing. So that tells you that it's bullshit because if it's about everybody, Black people been in them neighborhoods, Puerto Ricans, Hispanics, Mexicans, everybody's been in these neighborhoods for 50 years. They never had no bikes. So you've been neglecting these motherfuckers for 50 years. And now you come out with a bullshit report. Man, these people just don't stop with the lying. Just be honest and say, yo, these are for the white folks, man. Don't act like you care. You don't give a fuck, man. We've been riding bikes for hundreds of years. All of a sudden, the bike lanes come. All of a sudden, the bikes come. Now you put our report. You've been neglecting neighborhoods? Come on, man. Here we are with... uh. My man June from BK, Brooklyn. I got my man Rudy here. Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. God damn. So what do you think is going to happen with Tampa Bay this year? This is your team. Who's the quarterback? James the quarterback. Oh, the guy that was stealing crab legs. Yeah. Oh, okay. He got benched last year. Why did he get benched? Oh, because the coach is a-hole. That's not a good uh, description of this reason. Oh, that I'm he sorry. got benched. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm well, asking well, a fan. You're supposed to give me a definitive you, yes, reason. I'm going to give you the reason why he did. Because the coach didn't know what he was doing. He had a suspect defense. He got his friend on. They must have been playing Udo the cars in the background or wherever they were called in plays. He was never given a fair chance. He always wanted Fitzpatrick there. They gave him a bogus suspension for something that happened four years ago when he first got in the league, and they still haven't proven yet. They want an apology from him, but they never gave the man a fair chance. This man never get a fair chance since he's gotten there. He should have been a rookie of the league. He should have had 4,000 years in the first two years. Never get, He should have won a rookie of the league. It shouldn't have been old boy from uh, L.A. So they benched him in favor of a journeyman. A journeyman, yes. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yes. Mm. How, when, how come Jameis always playing from behind? Jameis never lost a game when he played from in front. He always lost a game 
We're trying to bring him back. Is he the starting quarterback this year? Yes. Yes, he is. Are you sure? Yes, he is. Because he was fighting on the sidelines. Now, they always like to show things on the sideline, but they don't really actually see what's happening. It could be like, okay, I'm trying to tell the team something. Oh, he's fighting the team. You know why? That's that Jameis Witten hate thing. So keep hating on it. The tour of the American South continues, but we ending it here in my family's. I call this the compound, Eddie Stowe Island, South Carolina. I'm here with my cousin, man, my cousin Curtis Morrison. First question I want to ask you is, what is the low country? What is that? Well, from growing up, I always heard that they call it the low country because we're like the low sea level. Um, I don't know exactly how low, but that's what I was told. If you, if you drive from Edisto Island riding to Columbia, South Carolina, you'll notice as you start driving your vehicle, you notice your vehicle going, it's going in the upward position. Oh, coming down here, we see a lot of people own property. Uh-huh. You know, that's not common in New York City. It's a city of renters. So I would want to ask you, how did that happen where, what is, is the land passed down from family member to family member? And how did we acquire, what's the story about that? Because well, we have a lot of property. Yeah, the story behind that is from uh, slavery. Mm. When the Emancipation Proclamation was written and uh, slavery was abolished, the president, along with uh, Congress and the Senate at the time, I do believe, Mm -hmm. um, they wrote a law for the slave masters that they had to give, okay, the slave families 40 acres and a mule. Okay. That was the law. They had to give them that. That was the law. Right. And some you know, did. And some did. If you had, if you was a slave owner, because we have to keep in mind now, all white men weren't, wasn't slave owners. Right. You had to be of means. You had to have yeah. land, yeah. wealth in yeah. order to have slaves. Right. 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 And the reason being is because you, you got to look at it. Slavery was a business. These people made a lot of money off the backs of black people. Right. Okay. So to make it right. I guess the president and along with Congress, Senate, our local government also had to be involved. They told them, hey, look, 40 acres and a mule. And I think it, the, the 40 acres and a mule was, was, was one of the things that, well, two of the things that needed to be provided to the families so they could have a means of living. Why a mule? A mule is considered a workhorse. Okay. So if you had a mule... Oh, you would consider well off. Why? Because a mule could have been used for several things. Number one, he could be used to till the ground. Okay, you hook a you hook a disc up to him, and he pulls it, and he discs the ground. He tills it to prepare the land to be planted. Mm. Okay? Number two, you could take him and go to the store and, and, and pick up supplies. Okay, uh, even go pick up groceries or whatever. And on Sunday, you could use him to take the whole family to church. You hitch a wagon to him, and everybody get on this wagon, and they go to church. Wow. So Mom, dad, and grandma, grandpa, and maybe eight or nine children. So that's why they they knew that having a mule would, was vital yep. to you trying to get a leg up. 
and valuable. Right, 40 acres. Yes, sir. And farming. Yes, sir. Wow. You grew up here in Eddystow Island. Yeah. How would you describe your childhood on this island? How would you reflect back on growing up here? Because for anybody that doesn't know, this is off the grid, basically. The next stop is the ocean. So we are in really the low country. Explain growing up in this area. I often heard people use the phrase, I didn't know I was poor until I became a man. That's the way I felt. Albert Morrison Sr., Julia Morrison, raised us, mm -hmm. okay? And I used to watch my granddaddy go down to the river at night, sometimes at midnight, okay? Come back home at 4 o'clock in the morning, sponge off at the kitchen, not kitchen, but bathroom sink, fix himself up, get a cup of coffee, and walk down the road to go to work. And I remember him going down to the river at midnight and coming back in. With er, fish. With fish jumping. I remember that. Jumping. The fish jumping in the pans. And that was for breakfast, right? For breakfast. Yeah. And and we had some for dinner. Yeah. Fish, crabs, oysters, and clams. And he caught them. And he caught them. And taught, taught us how to do it. Taught us how to I do it. I remember me and my brother used to come down here from Brooklyn, and we used to we, we thought he was going to the store. Yeah, we 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 had no we didn't think he was going to catch anything. That's right. It just was a level of respect that I had for my parents. And when I came down here, you guys had it on a different level. Yeah, because you say yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Yeah. And in New York, we didn't we didn't have that, but we respected them. But that's right. that's uh the culture of the Low Country in South Carolina. It's very respectful. It is. And. It is. You don't play around with your parents. You don't be looking at them. You don't be talking. <laughs> you know, it's a different thing. And yeah, yeah, it's better that way. It is. It is. But we had something special here, man. And, um, you know, I know it makes you feel good, too, because you're from here. I'm part of that, and, yeah. And, 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 now, yeah. explain shrimping. Because you, if you come down this uh, road in Eddystone, you'll see people on the side of the road, on the bridge, and you'll see them in the mud with the tide is out when the tide is out and you might not know what's going on what's going on in that uh embankment what's going on let me give you the version of the black man when he shrimp back in the day okay see the brothers back in the day used to make their nets out of what nylon they used to make them themselves right? oh, stitch them up stitch them up and when these brothers make these nets these nets, the lead on the bottom was heavy. They, they, were, they, they were illegal. Okay, but back then, nobody cared because a lot of white guys didn't go um, casting in the water like they're doing now. Oh, they, uh, Everything oh. they're doing, they learn from us, bro. Yeah. I remember, man, when I was a boy, the white man didn't go casting in the river. He go fishing in a boat. Right. The black man go on the banks. In the thing, yeah. And sometime go down in the water. He weighed himself down in there, and he cast that net. Wow. That net was so heavy because it was the black man used um, a heavy weight to go on the bottom of his um, nets. When that net hit the hit that water, man, it go down so fast. I tell whatever is under there. He gonna get caught. <laughs> Ain't no I, chance. It just once it hit the water, it just it just dropped. You know, I've seen some people come, 
and they were kind of racist. They couldn't stay. And I told them to their face, either you're going to adapt, man, you change, or you're going to leave. Some of them leave. Really? Yeah. And Be I'm glad. I don't want them around here. I was uh, on the beach today. It's not commercialized. No, but... That's a good thing. We're trying to keep that. I'm a part... Yeah. I'm, I am a part of the Edisto Island Community Association. Past president. Okay? And what we're doing, we're trying to keep this island, man, is uh, very... Residential, Residential right? as we can because if things change, there's a lot of blacks on this island would have to move, man. You wouldn't be able to afford your property. Let's, let, let me give you an example. When you come to Edisto Island, there's septic tanks and well pumps, okay? Somebody might say, what's that? Well, the septic tank is your sewage system. That's where all the waste from the bathroom goes. Your well pump is what, where we get our drinking water from, okay? Wow. If we were to get city water in here, man, and sewage, to tap into it would cost us $10,000, okay? Taxes. That's just to tap into it, and you have to tap into it. There's no, um, well, if you don't want it, you don't have to get it. No, 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 sir. You have to tap in. Wow. And if you tap in, um, that's $10,000, and if you don't tap into it, they, you know, they'll find you. Yeah, they keep finding you. Yeah, they keep finding you. Let me let me tell y'all, man. My cousin Curtis, <laughs> his house, they had the air condition. <laughs> so we used to. How far is the, from our grandmother's house to your house? About a mile and a half. We used to walk Two in the blazing sun, sun to get to this guy's house to get into that AC. <laughs> That's the only thing we had. He's like, yo, we gotta walk. Days, Great man. times, man, especially for us coming from the concrete jungle yeah. to come down here and just be in nature and see farmers, next door neighbors, cats is farming. Bugged us out, man. Greatest time we had down here, yes, man. Yes, sir. I'm here with my cuz, Curtis Morrison. We out here at Easto Island, South Carolina, the low country, man. If you ever in South Carolina and you need some place to go, make sure you explore. This place, man, filled with history. The Edisto Historical Museum yes. is on the island. So if you want to get a primer of the island, you should check that out as well. But hit that beach and, and enjoy the low country. And Edisto Island of South Carolina is where it's at. This, this is where I come from, basically. That's right. You know, Brooklyn is my mother leaving Edisto yeah. and coming up there, but... The roots are right here. here. Right. Yeah. So this is where the podcast is right now. <laughs> with my man, my cousin Curtis here on Eddie Stowe Island, South Carolina. New York style podcasting done on Eddie Stowe Island, South Carolina. Me, Chocolate E, G Moody, and the great Curtis Morrison here hey, on Eddie Stowe Island. We're getting a rich history of my history, my beginnings, the roots of G Moody here in the South. Eddie Stowe Island, South Carolina. And G. Moody, I got to say I'm proud of you, man. Thank you, bro. Yes, sir, I am. This is my, yeah. me, this is my cuz. We used to love Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> yeah. We used to vibe on all Ohio players. James Brown. Yes, yes. So coming here is OJ's. always special. OJs. We love the way they holler. <laughs> <laughs> so coming here is always special, man. I love it. And we will be back in August. We'll be podcasting again. 
my mother's birthday. We're okay. going to have a big thing. All right. So I'll be back. Me and Chocolate E, everybody knows what it is. This is the third with G Moody, live in Eddie Stowe Beach, South Carolina. Peace. The real